you will say, ah, I am the Lord that healed thee. And then he shows you his dimension of healing. He will come to another person. He says, I am El Gibor, the mighty God. And he shows you the dimension of his might. Praise God. So it's not, it's not, it's not a common thing that we started the year of 2021 looking at the names of God. Because you see, if he wants to manifest to you in different dimensions, praise God. He wants, he wants when, when you are in a fix, you already know which of his name, which of his personalities to call on. Praise God. Cancel up. Cancel up. You know, part of what I'm going to do, which I already started doing, uh, I'm going to try and have this series on the record. I'm going to try and have this series on the record. So at the end of the series, or even before the end of the series, I already started doing it. You want to listen to any of the messages you've preached. You can talk to you can Bro Gabriel. Uh, I think Bro Gabriel. I would ask you to You can talk to him. Okay? Or if he's not available, you can meet him. No problem. Alright? Uh, I'm going to try to have it in um, audio. It may not be very clear, but at least you will hear what is being said. And the same spirit that was in the service is there in the audio. Praise God. Praise God. Cancel. Who is the cancel? Who is the cancel? The cancel of someone who is strict in their act. Of listening, listening, and giving advice or counsel, and offering therapy, usually with words. The counselor is someone trained in the art of giving counsel, giving advice, and offering therapy, usually. Through the use of words. Praise God. There is a second definition of cancel. Someone who is involved in law, in the practice of law. Praise God. Someone who is involved in the practice of law. And I told them a story in the morning. I told them a story in the morning of um, a little girl. I walked up to her parents one day. She just came back from school, walked up to her parents and declared, There is nothing you want to ask me now that I don't know. And the father decided to try that um, pronouncement. And he asked her to define the ignoration. And the girl, obviously, she couldn't even pronounce the ignoration. So she said to the father, I refuse to argue with you on this matter. But just know that I know everything. And she went into her room. And we established the fact that most of us have that same tendency. Hello. I'm trying to run you through some uh, background of what we already do in the morning. Most of us have that tendency. We live our lives, we carry ourselves as if we know it all. We carry ourselves as if we have all the answers. Until you get into a fix and life reveals your inadequacies. 
There are many people that want to tell you. I mean, if you hear them talk, they sound like relationship experts. They want to tell you how to run your family. Huh? But these ones get into a relationship, and very soon you find out that they don't have all the answers. If it comes to matter of politics, there are people like the open Buhari's matter here. If you had the power to give them Nigeria, tell them, please, fix Nigeria, you will do that. But eventually you take these people and put them in a very little leadership position. And just come and manage this um, group of people. Manage this local government. And very soon you find out that they never had all the answers. We are like that in many ways. We act. We, we love with so much arrogance. As if we know it all. And there was a church like that Jesus was talking to. In Revelation chapter 3, 17 and 18, the Lord says, He said to them, You have said to yourself that I am rich, I am increased in goods, I have need of nothing. But I have looked at you, and by my own analysis, you are poor, you are wretched, you are blind. He said, I cancel of you. To buy of me gold, tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich. White raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. And anoint your eyes with eyes out, that thou mayest see. Anoint your eyes with eyes out, that thou mayest see. There is a multitude of cancel out there. There are many people. Parading themselves like they know it all. There are even, it's even possible you are in that position where you have convinced yourself. I mean, there's so much knowledge available right now on the internet and everywhere. You just need to check. And the Bible said it that in the last days, knowledge shall abound. It was a prophecy for the last days. So there's so much knowledge available. It's easy for one to become arrogant. And you know how many books I've read on this matter? There is no question you can ask me, just like that little girl. There's no question you can ask me on this subject matter that I don't know. But Jesus said something. He said, be careful that the light in you be not darkness. Because when you think you have acquired so much light that you know it all, the tendency for you to refuse, even when someone is pointing out your error, the tendency for you to refuse to move, to shift is very high. Because a man that thinks he knows is worse than a man that knows he does not know. Praise God. So with the increase in knowledge and availability of resources and cancel everywhere, why are you coming to tell me this morning that I need Jesus? That I need a cancel? What if I am rich enough to hire my own personal life coach? What if I have all the money and I can hire my own personal life coach, my own personal counsel? Why else would I need Jesus and counsel? And what we tried try to do was to establish, I can't even remember how many points we laid out, but I'm going to try and um, give you some other ones. Maybe add a few that we will not talk about in the morning service uh, so that we uh, will balance a little. 
I'm going to give you a few points. As much as time permits, why I believe you need Jesus that can't serve you. Is someone ready this morning? He brought us to his power and his banner over us is Lord. You don't know the song? He brought us to his power and his banner over us Hallelujah is Lord. Hallelujah is Lord. Amen. And His Lord. Amen. His I know that music provides an easy atmosphere for the Spirit of God to go. Heaven is a place of music. It's a place of music. So when I want to impart the presence of God, I'm sorry, it might seem like I'm taking a lot of time adding all the music inside the message. But trust me, I would rather have only the presence of God and say nothing than to say everything in my mouth without the presence. Are we together this morning? Number one reason why I believe in the cancer because the source of his cancer is perfect. The source of his cancer is perfect. There are many counselors that when they want to speak to you, they quote Shakespeare, they quote Aristotle, they quote Plato. They have many different sources. They are not bad, they are good. But these people they are quoting. None of them can constitute the embodiment of knowledge. Any man can only give counsel based on what he has studied, based on the source of his information. I don't know if you're following me. What a man will tell you when you take your problem to him is determined by what that man had learned before you came. And every man has a source of information. That is why you, if you meet a Muslim, with your problem, he's only going to give you an advice based on what he had learned from the Quran or from whatever teaching he had grown up with. Nobody can offer what he does not have. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and 2. It says that God, who at sundry times and in various manner spoken to our fathers by the prophets, has now in those last days spoken to us through his son. The source of the information, the source of the counsel Jesus will give any man is the Father. And the Father is perfect. Everything you need for life and godliness is in the Father. And Jesus is the minister of that counsel. In John chapter 12, verse 49, he said, 
I do not speak of my own accord. It is the commandments that the Father give me that I deliver unto you. And when he was done with his earthly ministry and he was about to go, in John chapter 17, verse 14, Jesus said, I have given them your word. Friends, I said it in the morning service and I'll say it again. The only thing worse than no cancer is bad cancer. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 11, where there is no cancer, what happens? The people fall. But in the multitude of cancers, there is safety. Listen, when there is no cancer, yes, the people will fall. When there is something worse than falling, when there is a wrong cancer, purposes are destroyed. In 1 Kings chapter 12, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was going to take over as king. And he went to meet a group of people. And he said to them, and they said to him, I mean, some men came to him, and they asked him, your father had made our life difficult. He has come to appear that you make it easier for us. And if you can do that, we will serve you. And Rehoboam um, did a good thing. He said, I will not respond to you immediately. Let me go and get cancer. And he went to some old men and asked them, these people that come with this request, what shall I answer? And they said to him, every good leader is first a servant. If you will agree to become a servant to these people, you are going to get their loyalty forever. And he said, okay, I paid you. He took the cancer to a group of young men, and he asked them the same question. This man has said, so, 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 so to me, how shall I answer? And the young man said to him, you cannot show weakness as a king. Tell them that if my father flogged you with whips, me, I will use copium to flog you. If you show any sign of weakness, these people will not allow you to reign in peace. And that sounded like the better advice to Rehoboam. And he took it. And what was the result of that decision? He was supposed to rule over 12 tribes. He ended up with two. Two. The only thing worse than no cancer is wrong cancer. Which is why we must be careful where the source of our cancer is coming from. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 8 says that every purpose is established by cancer. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to achieve in life is established by cancer. You must come to a point where you will talk to yourself and either say, I can do this or I cannot do this. I can make it or I cannot make it. Everything is established by cancer. But you continue to say, but by good advice, you will wage war. It is not every cancer that you can wage war. It is only good cancer that you can wage war. I give an instance of a man, Gideon. You see, his story is in, in Judges chapter 6 and 7. The Midianites had so oppressed Israel that everyone was hiding, including Gideon. Everyone had convinced themselves that there were no bodies, including Gideon. 
But there in hiding, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Regardless of who you think you are, you think you are the least in your father's house. I come to bring the counsel of God. Oh, thou mighty man of valor. It did not just happen with Gideon. It happened with David and the Israelites in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Goliath was one man that knew how to use his words. I tell people, there is no record in the Bible that Goliath ever killed anybody. There is no record. But if there is one thing I know about Goliath, he knows how to talk. He can intimidate with words. And so every morning for 40 days, Goliath stood up to announce his counsel to the Israelites. I am big and you are small. Get me a man to fight and I will kill him. And for 40 days, Goliath kept saying this until every strength. I mean, imagine an entire army came out to fight. You left your house. You came out to fight. You camped on the road and you started to assault yourself. For 40 days, nobody fought because one man used the words to defeat them. Little wonder that when God wanted to win that battle, he could not use anybody on that field. He had to go into the bush to look for a God. Say, please come and save my people. These ones are already defeated. And watch. Goliath has been saying for 40 days, bring me a man to fight, is he not? Now eventually David steps into that arena and say, I am ready to fight you. Is it not logical that the man that has been saying for 40 days, give me someone to fight? Once you bring the person, he will draw his sword. Eh? It's not what he was supposed to do. And move forward. But see Goliath. Do you know that Goliath never put his sword? It was after David, it was David that removed his sword from his sheets to put his name. Goliath never drew his sword. When David arrived on that arena, Goliath started to try what he had been doing for 40 days on David. He began to say to him, Who do you think I am that you are coming to me with stick and stone? Number one, he tried to belittle the weapon. He said, The one, the weapon you are coming with can only be used to kill dogs. It does not work on human beings. And he continued. He started to give David a picture of what he may do to him. He said, see, I am going to cut off your head and give it to the beds of the earth. Uh -huh. Have you seen people that fight like that? Eh? Two able-bodied men come out to fight. And they push it. And you are there. You know, people like us, we like action. I like to see action. So we already there, we bring out our phones, you know, watching, who will throw the first punch? And then one man begins to say, see, if I beat you, and I beat you now, why are you saying if I beat you? If I beat you, do you know what I used to do to people in 1998? When I finish beating someone, you cannot hear his story. See, that thing is a battle technique. <laughs> if you allow yourself to listen to that guy, you will end up, you just pay your clothes and start going home. You are not going to try to find out whether he can beat you or not. Because it is a technique of battle. 
And that was what Goliath started to do to David. But thank God David did not keep quiet and listen to him. David recorded. He said, listen, you are insulting me in the name of your God. But I come to you in the name of the mighty God of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen, it is only with good counsel that you can make war. If you listen to negativity, you cannot go far in life. And Jesus is the ultimate source of good counsel. Number two, why do I need Jesus as the counsel? And the second point we lay down is that Jesus does not just declare the counsel of God. He establishes the counsel of God because he is the counsel of God. Jesus does not just tell us the words of God. He is able to bring the word of God to pass in your life because he is the word of God. Do you get that? It is very easy for men to doubt promises because we have gotten so used to people whose promises are just mere words. They say a lot of things and they don't keep it. People that have promised not to leave you forever, it does not last. People have promised, hey, I'm going to give you so so and so when this thing clicks. They never come to. Even in marriage, till death do us part, I will stay with you forever and ever. Two years down the line, they are tired. So we are used to people not keeping promises. So it, it, it's not unusual that we hear so much on the promises of God. I will find it difficult to believe. Oh, because God has said a lot of things in His Word. He has said a lot of things. He says he will be the head and not the tail. Do you know that? Do you know he said he will put none of the diseases of the Egyptians on you? Do you know he said that? Do you know he said that he became poor so that you through his poverty might be rich? Do you know he said that? And the Bible said about Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. He says, all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. Do you know what that means? All the promises of God in him, they are yes, but he does not end there. Yes, you will be the head and not the tail. Yes, you will not die, but live. Yes, you will be rich, you will prosper. Yes, 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 these are promises of God, but it does not end there with Jesus. In him, they are amen. What does amen mean? It is done. In him, they are yea. In him, they are amen. God will always back up his promises with a sign to show that he's not a man as to die, nor the son of man as to repent. John, who had been a custodian and a forerunner of the Messiah, at some point after he had stayed in prison for a while, he suddenly began to doubt his own message. And he sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah 
or should we wait for another? And Jesus did not respond. I was expecting he could have said, Ah, why now? Go and tell John that I am the Messiah. But Jesus did not respond. Do you know what he did? The Bible said that in that same hour, he turned and began to heal the sick. He turned and began to deliver the captives. He turned and began to bring healing to people. He began to preach different types of deliverance. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the ears of the deaf. And when he was done, he turned to the disciples of John and he said to them, Go and tell him not the things you have seen, but the things you have heard. Sorry, not the things you have heard, but the things you have seen. Praise God. God brings signs and wonders as a proof that all his promises he will bring them to pass. And Jesus, the Bible says of Jesus that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God did not just send his words and his promises. He clothed them in clothes and put flesh on them and sent Jesus as a testament of the fact that he keeps his word. And Paul will ask in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, if God did not withhold his son, if God did not withhold his son, but offer him up for you, how shall he not with him also freely give you everything? Anytime you want to start getting discouraged in the promise of God, Jesus, the counselor, is there to remind you that if I can go through this for you, then there is nothing I cannot go through for you. It was an understanding the psalmist had when he said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow, I will fear no evil. How shall he not with him also give you everything? Why do I need Jesus as my counselor? His words are the only ones that can produce life. Do you agree with me? His words are the only ones that can produce life. A lot of people can give you good advices that can make you feel good, that can make you feel relieved, that can make you feel happy, that can even heal you. But it is only Jesus that can give the words of life. He said some controversial things in John chapter 6 from verse 66 and people began to leave him and he turned to his disciples and asked them will you too go? and they said to him, Peter said to him sir, to whom shall we go? only you have the words of eternal life and Jesus said in John chapter 6 verse 63 the flesh profits nothing it is the spirit that gives life the words that I speak to you they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Why do I need Jesus as my counselor? He listens. He listens. He knows more than I let him. 
He knows more than I say. As a counselor, if you have ever counseled someone, you will realize that most people, when they come to you, they hardly say what the issue is. It's difficult. Probably because they are uncomfortable with saying it. Or maybe because they don't even understand what the real issue is. Most times, as a counselor, there are two skills you must know. You must understand the skill of listening so that you can hear what was not said. And you must understand the skill of questioning. So when someone is asking you, telling you certain things, there are certain questions you would ask to get to the root of the matter. Am I communicating this morning? Because people hardly ever say what the problem is. And if you begin to give therapy based on what they told you, you will find out that the healing will be partial, will be defeated because you never got to the root of the problem. So it becomes difficult for any man to really bring healing to you because there is no man that knows what is in your heart. There is no man. They can only walk based on what they feel. Or, or, or the information they've been able to extract from you, but not Jesus. The service says, For he knoweth the way that I have, I take. When he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Not Jesus. He knows what is in your heart. How many times have you knelt down to pray and you end up crying for 20 minutes? And when you are gone, you say, In Jesus' name, I have prayed. And he understands. He knows even more than I see. He listens to my heart. Romans chapter 8, 26 to 27. He says the spirit helps in our infirmities because we don't know what to pray. He says it is the spirit that makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And 27 says that he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints. Why do I need Jesus as my counsel? There is one thing every counselor understands. Or every good counselor, uh, you can't even be a great counselor. Because um, I've heard there was a story of um, a man that went to a counselor and he said to him, My wife has not been listening to me. She has stopped listening to me. She's just stubborn. She's making my life difficult. And the person says to him, that is simple. There's something that has worked for many people. Just buy her gifts. Give her a lot of money. And before you know it, she will come around. And the man says, but sir, I have given her everything. I buy everything for you. The person says, see, are you challenging my authority? This is the same thing I told Femi two years ago. Femi did it, and it is working for him. 
So are, are you trying to say now that, that what is working for Femi and what is working for, for, for every other person that I've met? I am telling you and you are challenging me. And the man lives unhappy and confused because he is not Femi and his wife is not Femi's wife. So what works for Femi is not working for him. Many counselors are like that. But Jesus is not that kind of counselor. He understands that no two people are the same. I think I, I just lost this. Alright, so maybe uh, we'll pick up in. Alright. He understands that no two people are the same. And so when he is to provide therapy, he provides it on an individual basis. I'll give you an example. In Matthew chapter 8, I think 19 to 22. So two men came to meet Jesus. The first one was a scribe, and he said to Jesus, I will follow you. And Jesus says to the man, The birds have their nest, and the foxes have their holes. But me, I don't even have any place to put my head. This walk is too tough for you. I'm going to stay at home and give people the good news. And the second one walks up to Jesus immediately. And he says to Jesus, I want to follow you. But let me first go back and bury my father. And Jesus responds. He says, allow the dead to bury their dead. But you follow me. Follow me. I know the first time I read that story was quite confusing for me. Why would Jesus say to someone who is zealous? Eh? Wait, hold on. Stay at home. And someone else that has a legitimate excuse to stay at home, he said to him, Don't go anywhere. Follow me. And I began to look into the lives of these two people. I realized that the first one was a scribe. And the second guy, the Bible called him a disciple. One was a civilian, one was a military man. And Jesus said to the civilian, Don't worry, you can still do a lot of work from your house. You don't need to follow me. And he says to the military man, No man that worried entangles himself with the affairs of this world. Let the dead bury their dead. Follow me. There is a tailored therapy for every man. And because Jesus, the counselor, listens and knows you, he is able to provide just what you need. The best we can do in church is to give a general message. Hello? But as we speak, he's speaking people individually. 
Oh, we saw him do it in the morning service. It was a glorious time. He was addressing people's cases individually, even in a group. Jesus came into a church service like this in Mark chapter 1. And the Bible said that among them in the synagogue, there was a man who was troubled by unclean spirits. But he was a church member. And while Jesus was ministering in the synagogue, he singled the man out. This morning, God will single you out for good. This morning, God will single you out for good. This morning, God will single you out for good. Because as I talk, there is someone here who wants to start a higher education program. Or you have been so scared, how am I going to do this? I don't know how the finances. Or maybe I have. It's not just about the finances. How do I know the timing, everything? There is so much confusion, I see. For this morning, I send the counselor to you. He's going to order your steps. And you're not just going to go through that program. You are going to finish well. In the name of Jesus. So yes, he singles out people for good. He can address your kids individually. He walked into that pool of Bethesda. There were multiple people with different illnesses, different sicknesses. They were all lying around the pool waiting for the movement of the water. And Jesus walks up to one man and says to him, do you believe? This morning, Jesus will walk up to you. The counselor will speak to you. And if someone here, you're going to hear the voice of God in an unusual manner this night. In the name of Jesus. Why do I need Jesus? As the counselor. Why do I need Jesus? As the counselor. I'm already out of time, I believe. So I'll talk to the last one. And I consider it very important. I feel like the word counselor takes on a more significant form when we use it to refer to a legal person, to a lawyer. Hello. Uh, I mean, if you are used to the legal parlance, Everyone that is involved generally in law, the attorneys, the lawyers, uh, they are generally called counselors. Yeah? That's why you hear things like, uh, let the counsel to the defense arise. You hear those things, yeah? The counselor is another term used to refer to an advocate, a lawyer. And John writes in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My little children, these things I write to you that you say not. But if any man says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If any man says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Zechariah had a vision in Zechariah chapter 3. From verse 1, 
He says, I looked, and behold, Joshua the high priest was standing before God. And he says, Satan was at his right hand, accusing him. And the Lord does not look at Joshua because Zechariah said, Joshua was wearing a filthy garment, which meant Joshua was guilty. Hello? He was dressed in a filthy garment. But the Lord does not look at Joshua. He talks to the devil and says, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Do you not know that this is a brand plucked out of fire? And secondly, he talks to the angels and he says to them, Take off this filthy garment and clothe him with clean raiment. And then he talks to Joshua and says, Behold, I have caused your sake to pass away from you, and I have clothed you with rich apparel. Friends, this is what Jesus does for us. When he is your advocate, no man can bring a charge against you. Honestly, he is the best person that can be your advocate. I gave an analogy in the morning. I said, can you imagine in heaven's court, the devil drags you before God and he begins to accuse you like he was accusing Joshua. And he says, God, this one offended you. This one did this against you. This one went against your word, even when you said he should not. This one did this when you commanded him not to. And when he's done, the judge of all the earth will say, what has the counsel to the defense got to say? And Jesus stands up and walks up to the stand. And you know the only thing he needs to say is, Now me, he offend. I don't forgive him. You know it's as simple as that. Because if the person you offended has said, I forgive you, do you know no man has a right to put the charge against you? That is what Paul would say in Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Can you start your faith this morning as we pray? No man has the right to lay anything against you because it is God that justifies. And Hebrews 7 25 says, He is able to save to the uttermost. Everyone that comes to him because he liveth forever to make intercession for them. Do you want to raise up your hand and glorify the cancer of this morning? Say, Lord, I thank you for what you've come to do in my life. Thank you for the glorious things you've come to bring to me. Oh, Lamentation is great in Lamentation chapter 3, verse 21. He says, It is because of his mercies that we are not consumed. Thank you, Father, for your cancer. Thank you for your cancer. Oh, there are people here that the devil, the enemy has convinced you. That you are small, that you cannot make it, that you are less, that you are limited, that you are inadequate. But this morning I bring the counsel of God. 
I bring the counsel of God to you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the head that on the table. He took the stripes so that you will be healed. Sickness is not for you. I don't care what they say is in your blood. When you are born again, you are a new creature. You become a member of a new bloodline. Diabetes, arthritis, stroke is not in your blood. I am bringing the counsel of God to someone this morning. Because I, as I speak, I am speaking to somebody. Stroke and diabetes is not in your blood. You are operating a new bloodline. There is someone like an eagle you are supposed to have taken flight a long time ago. But the devil had put a chain on your wings. Today I bring the cancel of the cancel. I bring the cancel of the Lord to you. You are free. Amen. You are no longer limited. Oh, I want you to pray for yourself this morning. Pray for yourself. Say, Lord, neutralize the effect of every wrong cancer in my life. Over the years, we've listened to a lot of negativity, and it has begun to shape you. It has begun to shape your mentality. Say, Lord, neutralize the effect of every wrong cancer in my life. By reason of the cancer, Neutralize the effect of every wrong
with your time and you were hoping that 2021 will bring more clarity but you've moved into 2021 and it's looking like you carried the same confusion into 2021 if you are here come on let us pray please if you came out in the morning don't bother to come again it's enough it's sufficient it's just another opportunity for someone here that was not there the presence of god is here I don't need to paint it for you in any way to make it more appealing. When you are here, you are confused in the area of business, what to do. And you are saying, God, clarity. Please come. It's just another opportunity. I'll pray for you. Say, Jesus, 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 what is your name, See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know, sometimes when we make this call, <laughs> you are scared. How will I come out? Just this morning, after I finished making that call, some people came out. But there was one guy that sat back. And as I went outside, I was talking to some people outside. He came and met me. He said, I was part of these people you called. But I did not want to come out. I prayed for him, but I told him something. There is something about timing in the matters of God. Jesus went over Jerusalem at some point. He said, you are such a great city, but you missed the time of your visitation. There is something about timing. If now is when God wants to handle that matter, and you decide to sit on your seat and wait for me till after service, I will pray for you. If not, I will not refuse to pray for you. I'm not like that. But we are only going to depend on the mercy of God after that. And I told him something else. Assuming you were the only one in that morning service that that case was about. And I mentioned that case and you refused to come out. You give the impression that the Spirit of God never spoke to me. And you make people begin to think the Spirit of God a liar. And that alone grieves the Spirit of God. So sometimes when we call these things and you sit on your seat, you are setting off a chain of negative events. 
And if you meet me later, I will pray for you. But don't take it as a joke. When I stand here and say certain things, I am not saying it from my head. I will not open my mouth and tell you what God did not say I should tell you. It's not possible. Are you listening to me this morning? Please, not just for me. When a case is mentioned and you feel led in your spirit, you know this is about you. Don't let pride and arrogance keep you on your seat. Say Jesus, 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 Lord, what is your Continue. Ripa hatatala brados, zeketele brados, kibia. 